0: Hi, this is Mark Menard, and tune in because I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond.
1: On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond. Brian Zemrak. It is that time once again. It's time for another episode of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with someone from the movie, TV, or music industry. This is episode 192 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This week, our guest is Mark Minard. He is an actor who has been the star of Watch Over Me. He was on Ocean Avenue. He had a part in Lost. And currently, you can catch him on Gossip Girl, where he plays a priest. So uh, that's going to be an interesting thing to catch. So check that out. Mark's going to be joining us in a few minutes to talk about that and a whole lot of other stuff. It's going to be a fun time. And let's see. It is uh, getting closer to Christmas, and we are going to have next week a special guest from a... Classic Christmas movie that is shown over and over and over at this time. And uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but next week they will be here, right here on On Screen and Beyond. But Mark Minogue is going to be joining us in a few minutes. It's time now to look at Remake Madness. <whistles> Up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, look for Hawaii 5.0 to go from the small screen to the big screen, possibly in 2012. And the remake of Romeo and Juliet is in production with Haley Steinfeld as Juliet and Douglas Booth as Romeo this time around. And you can look for Arthur and Lancelot to retell the story of the Knights of the Round Table, and it's set for a March 15th, 2013 release. That is about it for Remake Madness here at On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, we're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as upcoming movies. Upcoming movies. Well, George Clooney is working on a movie about the Smothers Brothers, who had a controversial TV show back in the 60s. Not sure if you remember that one, but it should be interesting. And in development is a film called Unholy Night, which is an updated look at the story of the three wise men. And 2013 will bring us Ungifted. Now, this is about an average 14-year-old boy who pulls a prank and is mistakenly put into a school for gifted children where he learns something about himself as he shakes up his uptight and socially awkward classmates. All right, that is it for upcoming movies, new movies. And it looks like coming up next, we've got Sequel City. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Sequel City, well, it looks like The Lincoln Lawyer 2 has been optioned by Liongate, and it will continue the story of attorney Mick Haller. And look for Kill Bill Volume 3. It's in development right now, and it's looking for a 2014 release with stars Uma Thurman and daryl hannah and despicable me 2 is in production and set for a july 3rd 2013 release date that is it for sequel city coming up next on On screen and beyond we're going to take a peek at what's coming away as far as tv on dvd TV on DVD, well, Matlock, the seventh season, will arrive on DVD on February 21st. Look for David McCallum in the Invisible Man Complete series. It'll appear on DVD and Blu-ray on February 21st in Canada and on May 1st in the United States. And look for February 14th to bring us Beavis and Butthead, Volume 4, And that comes your way on DVD and on Blu-ray. That is it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we take a peek at movies coming your way on DVD. Next. (laughs) Movies on DVD, well, Anonymous, starring Vanessa Redgrave, comes to DVD and Blu-ray on February 7th. And The Way with Martin Sheen walks onto DVD on February 21st. And George Clooney will arrive on DVD and Blu-ray in The Descendants' coming your way in March. That is it for movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we sit down and talk with Mark Menard, who was the star of Watch Over Me. He was in Ocean Avenue, he was on Lost. He uh, currently, you can catch him as the uh, the unscrupulous priest, I guess you'd call him on Gossip Girl. And we're going to talk about all of that and a whole bunch more and it's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining me today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who has played many roles, including Boyd Larrabee on All My Children, Lucas Donovan on Ocean Avenue, Michael Krieger in Watch Over Me, and more and more, including Lost, and most recently as Father Cavalia on Gossip Girl. It's Mark Menard. Mark, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mark, you've done quite a bit of things here, (laughs) and some of them I was looking at. You've done, like... uh, which I can't remember which show it was. Uh, I think it was Ocean Avenue. You did like hundred and twenty two episodes of that show.
0: I did. With yeah, my... that was that was intense. Jeez.
1: <laughs> I mean, now well we'll get into that. First I want to start off with your most recent show, that on Gossip Girl, your Father Cavalier.
0: Yeah, Father Cavalia, Cavalia, on okay. Girl. Uh,
1: Yeah, That's my I don't have a good accent for that.
0: No problem. <laughs> Actually I'm not even pronouncing it should, should he's he's French, so it should should be Cavalier. But... Okay, all right.
1: <laughs> so How did you come about getting that part?
0: I was actually uh, working on another movie up in Vancouver and uh, got a call to um, put myself on tape for Gossip Girl for uh, a recurring guest-starring role um, that would possibly do the entire season. They weren't sure. Uh, So I basically sent in a Mm self-tape. And I had no idea what the character was going to be. All I knew was that they were looking for somebody who was... Uh, who had a french accent so a uh, european french accent Now, did you have one you... i don't have one naturally but i right I but can i mean you one. can do one
1: yeah yeah cuz i I know, I know actors tend to i, I don't want to say they lie but <laughs> they tend to uh, uh if if they say can you ride a horse or can you do this you, oh yeah i can do that
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean you you do that a lot for sure but uh um you know they normally don't call you back <laughs> uh. <laughs> So, but I had done the same thing. Uh, my character that I had played—I played a character on *Lost* called Montan, who was also um, uh, had a French accent. So, uh, the casting already knew me from that, I believe. Oh, ah, okay. When they requested the tape.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, um, that the, there was one scene where I played a priest in the audition, but the other scene was not. Was was the scene they had taken from uh, a previous episode? I don't know what season. So I really didn't know what who the character was going to be. I had no idea he was going to be a priest. That was kind of a surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> first
1: um, time, right,
0: being a priest? <laughs> it, it was interesting for sure. I, I, um, because the thing about shooting for Gossip Girl is they keep everything top secret until the very last minute. Ah. Uh, so I, didn't, I knew that I was hired, but I didn't know um, who my character was going to be. I didn't know what the storyline was. I literally got this, my script for the first episode that I shot, I think... Two days before I left LA to go to New York, hmm. literally, and then had a ton of questions when I got on set because didn't didn't know where they were going with the character, like yeah. you know, what kind of priest is he going to be? Uh, where are we going with this? All that kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, um, come to learn that he's definitely not the kind of uh, priest that I remember from uh, Catholic school when I grew up. <laughs> he's not Bing Crosby from going my way, right? Exactly. <laughs> So that made it a lot more interesting for me, because I never saw myself playing a priest, but now that he's kind of a priest with an edge, mm-hmm. I go, hmm, okay, I can have fun with this.
1: <laughs> do you enjoy doing characters
0: that have a little more of an edge like that? I do. I, I tend to gravitate towards uh, edgier characters. I've played, um, you know, the the hero, the good guy, and I prefer to play... Um, The bad guy. Yeah,
1: that's what a lot of people tell me. They say the 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 bad guy is the one they want to play.
0: Oh, it's. I mean, you know, I want to play the assassin, not the hero. I want to play uh, the thief, not the cop. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a lot more fun. Yeah. Because you really get to play. I mean, these are not uh, character traits that you hopefully have in real life. (laughs) (laughs) So you actually get to play. You know, a different kind of person, and and you know, go into somebody else's mind and how they think and how they perceive the world, which is what is fun about acting. Yeah. Now, how do
1: you, so how do you get into character like that? I mean, like you say, you don't have a French accent, but yet you're playing somebody with a French accent. So how do you go about that? Do you, you go for training to get that? The, the well, luckily accents?
0: I'm... I I have uh, French heritage. Mm-hmm. So I'm from Canada, and I'm from the eastern part of Canada, so I, I do speak French, but oh, I speak okay. French with a Canadian accent. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's just... No, it's just your ear. But I do, I do. For example, for for Lost and for Gossip Girl, I I, I do have friends uh, in LA that are uh, from you know from France, from Paris, and I work it with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, the the hard part is to make it subtle. It's it's easy to put on a thick French accent to go, you know, to make it a caricature. Yeah. Uh, to make it subtle, which is what you have to do because um, you know American TV shows and American movies, if you're if your french is too thick then the audience won't even understand you so you you won't get the role so it has to be subtle so that they go okay this person's european but i can understand everything they're saying mm-hmm. that's that's more difficult because mm-hmm. then uh you know if you don't have an accent sometimes you you slip and and you you throw in an american word you don't realize that you threw it in because because you get you're trying to you know trying to put on this subtle accent yeah. so i i work it with friends and stuff and i go over it and um I listen to French movies and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, in preparation. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and watch any movies,
1: with like, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody with a real thick French accent. Well, I've Maurice been watching uh, Olivier
0: <laughs> Martinez for, for this one. Mm-hmm. A lot of Olivier Martinez, who was in um, Unfaithful.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's got a very thick uh, French, European French accent. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of been using him and, and going, like, a little more subtle. Well, I know, I know you probably can't tell us too much about the
1: show, probably, because, like you say, it's, they, they like to keep things... <laughs> right, pretty tight lip there, yeah. yeah. Uh, but can you tell us if you're going to be in more episodes, or just uh, one, or...? Yes,
0: uh, one episode has already aired. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you that I'm going to be in at least two more, uh, and then possibly more. I don't know, like I said, they tell me pretty much um, at the last minute. I can tell you that uh, for those of you that have seen the first episode, that was pretty much just an introduction of the character that I'm going to get a lot more involved. So you're going to see a lot more of me in the next two. Um, and all I can say is that, um, yeah, he's a little bit of a morally corrupt priest, and you're about to find out how
1: much. <sighs> <laughs> sounds interesting. <laughs> now, as far as the, the, your career, when you were young, did you want to become an actor as you were growing up as a kid?
0: Well, for me, it was like you got to understand that I, I came from, you know, a uh, small town, uh, you know, in outside of Montreal. Uh, when I was a kid, I I spoke French. I had a thick accent. Uh, when I was really young, I didn't even speak one word of English. I didn't want to speak the language. I, my brother and I used to get fights with get into fights with the English kids on the street because they were speaking a foreign language. Really? Yeah, and and. um so, you know, it was never a dream of mine. I never thought it was possible for me to end up in Hollywood one day and be an actor. But I did, you know, I was, in, I was interested in drama. I was in a drama club in high school. But, you know, not to sound like a cliche, I did it more as a way to meet girls because I was in an all-boys private uh, Catholic high school, and the only extracurricular activity was drama.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> drama and, and uh, public speaking, and I was in both clubs. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's funny how many actors tell me that. The reason I got into acting is because of yeah. the
0: girls. <laughs> well, that was—I mean, that was initially why I joined the drama club. I was more of an athlete. I mean, I wanted to be a hockey player. You know, when I was a kid, coming mm-hmm. from Canada, that's—you yeah. know—every every young kid who, who's into sports uh, aspires to be a hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, both also both my parents were academics. My my father's a doctor. My mom was a nurse. So they weren't really—you know—going to an arts program after high school was not really an option. <laughs> so I went to law school. Wow. And uh so yeah, so I can't say that I, you know, I had a dream of being an actor since I was a kid cuz I didn't think it was a possibility. Yeah. And uh, I was only uh, you know, much later after I had graduated from college, realized I didn't want to be a lawyer, traveled for a couple of years. Anyway, wound, wound up in Miami, and got back into acting actually on a bet. <laughs> I had a friend of mine who was uh an agent. Um, who kept telling me that you know I should that that'd be perfect for television and that he had all these roles that I'd be right for and he kept bugging me and bugging me and bugging me to join this acting class that he had and at the time I was I was um, actually trading um, stocks and uh, that was during the uh, internet boom and I was doing really well trading internet stocks and mm-hmm. I kept you know telling him to leave me alone leave me alone didn't have time for that kind of thing and then. um then we got the internet uh, bust uh, in, in 2000, and I was kind of a, I was kind of a, at a place in my life where I I, I said what do I do now? Um, I thought that you know I was going to be a stockbroker and uh, and that was going to be my future, and, and now kind of everything changed uh, like that. And he and he just kept bugging me to come to his acting class. So finally I just gave in. I said fine, I'll, I'll go to your class, and um, I was. Basically they're just to sit in and, and audit the class, if you will, and that particular day they had a guest speaker who was a playwright who had just written a play, and he wanted to split the class in two and as an, as an exercise, have two different groups put his play up on stage so he could see it for the first time mm-hmm. and um, the lead of the play was somebody that you know fit my age range and and i guess I, f- I just fit the bill and he said you 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 play the lead in in one group and i was like no, no no i'm just i'm just here to audit and then uh my friend who was who was running the class said no come on you, you know you, you gotta do this You said you would come so i said fine so i basically committed to you know working on it for a week with a group of actors whom i had never met and c- coming back the next week and putting it up on stage which i did and i took it really seriously and i and i really put a lot into it, and I met with everybody every single day, and it was kind of exciting. I mean, I hadn't done anything like that since high school, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, I had kind of one of those aha moments when I when we did, when we put the play up, um, it was in this, you know, tiny little room, and I literally, you know, got lost in the play for 15 minutes, like we did one act of the play. For 15 mm-hmm. minutes, I was acting in front of, in a group of maybe 15 people, they were, literally three four feet away from me and i didn't see them you know, I, I was i was in my own little world yeah and um having the people from the class and the teacher come to me after class and tell me listen i don't know i don't know who you are i've never met you before i don't know what you want to do with your life but this is definitely something you need to pursue it just hit me it was one of those like like i said an aha moment yeah you know i just i had just gone through this I had a traumatic experience of the Internet bus and, and not knowing what I wanted to do with my life next, and then this thing just happened. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day, I um, enrolled in the Actor's Studio Conservatory um, uh, in Hollywood, Florida. And unbeknownst to me, one of, the, um, one of the people in the audience was a producer who was um, working on a series that he was uh, going to be producing later on that year. And he went up to my friend who ran the class and said, who, who is this guy? And, and what's his background and what's his training and and he says he's a friend of mine and he doesn't have any training but I'm gonna I'm gonna have him you know enroll in something tomorrow and um, six months later after I had you know started working uh, with the actor studio I got a call from my friend that said that this producer wanted to meet me and that was the producer for Ocean Avenue
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they booked me in the lead of their series six months after wow. I put up that play yeah so, so and then amazing. that just you know that led to a contract role on all my children, and then I was, you know, off to New York, and yeah. and that was it. Well, I, I was an actor.
1: <laughs> now that you mentioned all my children, um, we've had several a- uh, actors actually, and and a writer too from uh, all my children on the show. Uh, we, we had Katie McLean for who was Dixie on the show. I don't know if she was on the show when you were on there or not.
0: Uh, I think so. And, I think Dixie rings a bell.
1: Yeah, and then um, we had. Uh, well, somebody who was way before you was Richard Van Vliet, who played Chuck Tyler on the show, but that was in the the eighties. He was okay. From... I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, and then we had one of the head writers for it. He won four Emmys for it. But anyways, uh, so we've had quite a few. Now Boyd Larrabee, I was trying to think, what was the storyline for that character? What, was he a, a relative of of one of the the people on the show or something? The names.
0: If- that, that's the funny part with Boy Larrabee. When I um, I actually was still shooting Ocean Avenue when I um, was offered a screen test for All My Children, uh-huh. and I think what happened was I remember I was I was I was um, I'd gone up to New York to meet the heads of casting for all three networks, and I got offered two screen tests, one with As the World Turns and one with All My Children, and I and I I have a feeling that they didn't have a character lined up. Like, they weren't necessarily looking for an actor for this specific character. Uh. I think when I went there, I had met with As the World Turns First, and they had. I was supposed to go the next day to meet the executive producer. And then when I went in to meet Judy Wilson, uh, the casting director for All My Children, when I told her that I was meeting with the executive producer of As the World Turns the next day, she right away they, she had me meet Gene Berg, who was the executive producer at the time, and they sent my tape to new york and they offered me a screen test like that that day hmm. and so i don't think they i think boyd Larabee was born that day ah, okay. <laughs> you know what i mean i think it was let's hire this guy before as the world turns does and then we'll figure out what we're going to do with him because Boyd didn't have any ties in pine valley ah, okay. you know he they he all of a sudden he was a chemist who worked for erica kane's cosmetics company and he was his genius that was coming up with this revolutionary skin cream that was okay. the fountain yes. of youth. And, yes, yes. I mean, it was so out there that that's that's what I, I have no confirmation of this, but that's what I think happened. I became um, uh, Alicia Minshew's uh, love interest, mm-hmm. uh, Kendall. Her Kendall, character was yeah. Kendall. So I was Kendall's love interest, and Kendall was um, um, the Ill- illegitimate daughter. Yep. Yeah. So that was kind of I became kind of the bridge between the mother and the illeg- illegitimate daughter and then Michael Kane came into the picture and he and then I had a love triangle between him and um Alicia. Do you remember Michael Kane's character? He was he was like a really evil guy that showed up in Pine Valley and um uh what did he do? He raped uh Bianca who yeah. was uh who was uh, Yeah, I know yeah, I I'm not sure, but I, <laughs> I remember all kinds of things. Yeah. Anyway, on. we can get into a lot of storylines if we. Can. <laughs> that's, but that's for sure. That's pretty much. Um, um,
1: so, how did you? Did they just write you out eventually, or did you, did they blow you up or something? No,
0: I, I just I, I eventually left town. What happened was my contract was coming up, and I, I you know, wasn't interested in renewing. I didn't want it to. I wanted to move on. So they, what they do when you, um, when you want to keep it op- the possibility open of you coming back is. You either disappear or you leave town, or yeah, yeah. or in some cases, um, you get blown up. and You, you, you drown, but they don't find under. the body,
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you show up
1: five years later. <laughs> or worse comes to worst, you die, and then they, they know they made a mistake, and somehow they bring you back. Yeah, longer. like that were really right? did <laughs>
0: They do that with Jr. or
1: something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. all right and then uh
0: watch over me how did yeah. that one come about um that was uh just you know st- straight up audition here in la and then they um the the show hadn't didn't really um was i mean it wasn't a uh a, a, a closed deal yet what they did was we we did a kind of um wasn't even really a pilot it was more of a um, I don't know how to describe it. It's a pilot presentation, I guess. It was a, I think, 15-minute film mm-hmm. of what the show could be, type of thing. Yes. And then they were going to sell that to the networks and the advertisers, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. And so it was really shot more like a movie than it was a TV show. And so I got I got hired for that. Uh, we shot that in San Diego. Uh, that was um, it. Was a pretty cool. Promo. It was a promo. That's yeah. what it was. So a pilot, promotional presentation. And um, then I found out that the show was going to get picked up. And, uh, and then, but then I didn't know if that meant that I was going to get picked up.
1: Right. Yeah. You never know. And
0: um, so I'm sure they, you know, I'm sure they went after some names because at the time, you know, I, I hadn't done any shows here in Los Angeles. Uh, but at one point, I got a phone call saying, unless Brad Pitt's willing to do it, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what my manager told me. Because yeah. I, um, this was like in May or something, and, and uh, you know, L.A. dies down in May. They go to the upfronts, and everyone goes on vacation. So I just left. I just, I think I went to Croatia to visit a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, thinking, you know, not, you know, it's one of those things where you've you, you got to not stay home and wait by the phone. You know, yeah. uh, you're just leaving. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be in yeah, my, my manager called me when I was in Croatia and said, said Get back here because I said, Do I have it? Well, and she said, Well, the casting director literally told me, unless Brad Pitt calls tomorrow and says he wants to do it, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when you got the call for Lost, how did that work out?
0: So that, that was actually uh, probably the biggest surprise I've had so far because you would think for such a big show, I mean, I, I, I auditioned for the role of a, of a French scientist. Mm-hmm. And they auditioned this role for like two weeks. They must have seen every French actor in L.A. And, and I'm sure they they got tapes sent from New York as well. Um, and so just going in, I thought I didn't have a chance in a world of getting it because everyone was, you know, speaking Parisian French. They were from Paris. They were, um, I said, you know, I can do a French accent, but I'm not from there. Yeah. You know? Um And so I did. Actually, that, that that made me a lot more comfortable and a lot freer in the audition room because I just thought I don't have a chance to help getting this. So I'm just going to have a lot of fun with it. Right. And yeah. I did. I was really relaxed. And we did a couple of scenes. And you know, I had the casting director laughing. And then, you know, I was making jokes in English. And when she realized that I was, you know, actually not even French, she <laughs> was, you know, oh, you're not even French. I go now. So if you know, you want to become American, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm all for it. So. um... Anyway, I never got a callback or anything, so I completely forgotten about it. I said, you know, a show like that, you sh- you probably have m- numerous callbacks, and then you have a producer session and mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And so I got a call three weeks later or something, or two or three weeks later, that uh, just my agent said, um, pack your bags, you're going to Hawaii, you just booked the part. Wow. And I just, went, how's that possible? I I, I didn't do a callback, I didn't I didn't meet a producer. Um, No, they just sent the tape, and you got the role. So that was, yeah, really, really exciting. That must have blown you right over. It blew me away, and then, you know, first show I did where, you know, they sent the limo to pick you up and the first-class tickets, and uh, I would stay, I would wrap shooting on a Friday and ask them, you guys mind, you know, I'm in Hawaii, I'd like to stay till Monday and do some surfing. Yeah, sure, and they pay for the hotel room. and I was like, Wow. Now, it's just,
1: it's where, the where was that filmed? I know it was in Hawaii, but was it on the big, uh, not on the big island? but No, they Oahu. shoot in
0: Oahu. They have, they have studios in Oahu, but they they shoot a lot of it on the North Shore. North
1: like Shore, There are the
0: beaches on the North Shore, and then there are, there's, there's a jungle up there where they shoot, because we had some scenes in the jungle. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they shoot most of the stuff on Oahu. You must have been thrilled to get that one, though. It right? was, it was, I mean, oh my God. First it. of all, it was the first time, I was a huge fan of the show, so it was the first time where I did a job where I was, you know, like, a, a really big fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew all the characters, I knew the storyline, <laughs> and uh, just to be a part of that franchise was, yeah, it was really exciting. Yeah. Boy, that's great. Jeez. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's it's a television show, but it's such a big budget that it's shot, you know, it's shot like, it's shot like a movie, and And um, the other thing that was really surprising about that is is how uh, relaxed it was there. I mean, it's such a big show. You would think that it would be a pressure cooker and Mm -hmm. there would be producers on set and, you know, uh, making sure that you know we we didn't go over in terms of time, in terms of budget for the special effects and everything. And it's literally the crew, who are all Hawaiian, so they have that laid-back attitude. Mm -hmm. You have the director, the special effects supervisor, and the script supervisor, and that's it. There's not a writer on set. There's not a producer on set. Wow! So you really, you, there's no stress. The director's relaxed, wants to try something. You have an idea. You throw back ideas back and forth. I mean, that's what you do on a film. But in, in a, for a television show, normally, you know, it's, it's a lot more regimented. They don't have time for that. Right. It's yeah. in and out onto the next scene. And it wasn't like that at all. And I thought that was amazing.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, nice. it was really a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: What do you have coming up in the future? Anything that you can let us know about?
0: Uh, well, I have a movie that I just wrapped um, in October uh, called Crisis Point, opposite Rona Mitra. So that should be, we just went into post-production, and that should be coming out, I believe, in the spring of next year.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, hopefully I have some more uh, episodes on Gossip Girl. Yeah. I haven't heard yet. Yeah. Um, and uh, gearing up for pop season. So uh, is that that
1: a busy time,
0: uh, pilot season? When yeah, that's usually when when you um, for the next. I, I mean, right now it's it's, a, it's a, it, there's some going on right now. I just did one a couple of days ago that that's a pretty cool pilot called Beautiful People. Um, that's kind of like um, based on the movie Surrogates, kind of similar mm-hmm, to that. Yeah. Uh And then it'll gear up; it'll get busy. Um, uh, January. January till um, the end of March is just crazy.
1: Now, now grew up for. What happens if, say, you, you went to a pilot and you got picked up, you got the job and they picked up the series and everything, and Gossip Girl wants you to continue on that show uh, as a recurring role? What happens then? Did you have to make a decision or do they usually let you jump around and do both?
0: Well, well well i'm right now i 'm a recurring guest star, so i 'm not under any contract with, yeah, okay. with gossip girl so um for example um, at one point they they you know they they guaranteed me so many episodes and then after that it's it's kind of they decide right they decide where they want to go with the storyline and stuff like that so i've kind of uh, at one point i um they knew they wanted me for a couple more episodes but they didn 't have specific dates and i had um uh, crisis point that was ready to book me. So what I did is I just called them. I said, look, I've got this movie. This is when they want me to, sh- they want to shoot me. Uh, then you give them the opportunity to go, well, no, we want you, and then they have to confirm you for the, the, the episodes they want you. So mm-hmm. if, if I was to book a pilot and, uh, or get to a point where I'm testing for a pilot, I would just have my agents call Gossip Girl and say, listen, here's the situation. Are you interested in? Signing mark for a or, uh, you know yeah. a series regular or a recurring, uh-huh. a more um, contract-oriented role, and then just give them the option. Yeah, yeah. I was but I, legally, I don't have to. But it's just courtesy. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but at the same time, if I was on a pilot and um, you know I'm the lead of the show, and it's a much you know bigger deal for me, I'm sure that Gossip Girl will understand that I would prefer to do that. Right. Yeah. Than be part of a <laughs> you know huge ensemble cast. Right.
1: Yeah. Jeez. Well, Mark, I wish you luck with all of that and the Gossip Girl and everything else, but I'd like to finish up with just two more questions. Sure. takes takes us away from your your work and everything. Now, when you're kicking back and watching TV, what are your favorite shows to watch and what's your favorite all-time shows?
0: All-time show, all-time movie. I can tell you my favorite all-time movie. Well, that's the second question. Oh, okay. <laughs> the okay, movies. So let's stick with TV show. My favorite all-time TV show. Wow. That's going to be a tough one. Um... I can tell you what I like to watch. I mean, I, I prefer to watch, you know, the more um, uh, adventurous type uh, TV shows. Like, I, you know, I watch HBO and Showtime. I don't watch a lot of network television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the shows I'm watching right now, I really like Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. uh, love Dexter. Uh, shows that are not, you know, a little off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Not your regular um, television show. And I find that, you know, TV now is almost as as good as film. Like uh, I watched Game of Thrones the first season. I was, like, oh my god, this is like a, you know, an epic movie, mm-hmm. and it's on TV. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's uh, what I like to watch. Um, what about films? Think. Film. Well, I can tell you my favorite movie, still to this day, is um, Goodwill Hunting. Ah, yeah. And it's, it actually came at a time when I I kind of had my aha moment. I remember watching that movie and. and And thinking to, like getting that feeling back when I was a kid, when I was in high school and in the drama club, you know, when you go out and see movies and you go, wow, I want, I want to do that. That movie really, really affected me. I really, uh, even every time I watch the movie, I, I always cry when, you know, the scene between, um, the scene in, in, uh, in their office when they when he breaks down and cries and they hug and stuff like that to this mm-hmm. day I've seen the most seen the movie six times and it gets me every single time yeah. so that's that's the kind of thing that I want to be able to do yeah you know is to, is to um uh have people that affected by by my work so mm-hmm. that's that's the movie that that hits home but i um what else do I do I like i mean I grew up you know idolizing Brad Pitt I wanted to be Brad Pitt growing up mm-hmm. I mean, especially his earlier stuff and it was amazing to me how someone who was that good looking could do a movie like California and be so convincingly evil
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of why I like to do those kind of roles you know I I don't want to be you know when you look at me you might think okay all American but that's not what I want to play I'd rather play the um, you know the psycho. Yeah, the the evil American. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, his stuff. You know, his earlier stuff like California and Snatch, and oh my God, the the stoner he played in True Romance, and mm-hmm. here's a guy who's you know typically the, you know the I guess he's got, you'd say you know uh, soap star good looks. Yet he can he can be a chameleon and bring out these characters that are just really rich. Yeah, very talented. Yeah. 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 Well, Mark, I, I
1: appreciate you taking you know, this time and, and sharing this with us. I know the, the listeners are going to love hearing you, and uh, we wish you luck with all the projects you've got going on and uh, continued success.
0: Well, thanks very much, and, uh, yeah, be sure to tune in to uh, Gossip Girl. and, they, and thought the Cavaliers part gets a little juicy.
1: That is Mark Menard, and we thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And you can check him out on Gossip Girl, coming up over the next few weeks or months here, and uh, also, of course, you can. If you're watching Lost over again. You'll catch him on there, or watch over me, or any of those shows. So uh, we want to wish him luck on his uh, upcoming movies and everything. And that was Mark Menard. So now, if uh, you would like to contact me, you want to send me an email. Send it to feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and I will get it. And also, if you are watching on iTunes or listening on iTunes, I say watching because sometimes on iTunes you can check pictures of what we are talking about or the people we're talking about. You can catch uh, pictures on there if you're doing the uh, iTunes thing. If not, well, then uh, you just get our audio portion. So uh, the other thing is, if you're out there on iTunes and you want to leave us a little uh, review and you know help other people find out about us. Go ahead and do that. Uh, also tell a friend. I'm sure you'll find somebody in there that they will enjoy listening to. And um, we'd appreciate that. Also, uh, all the emails we get, uh, we do thank you for sending them. We uh, enjoy those, and uh, holiday wishes to everybody who's uh, emailing to us. I try to answer as many as possible, so uh, get those out to me. And let's see, one last thing. If you want to help support On Screen and Beyond, uh, be sure to check out our advertisers at onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, if you're doing some shopping... and. You know, any time between doesn't have to be just during the holiday seasons. If you want to, just go and click on there, and uh, you can get what you want, and you can also uh, you know help support the show. So that is about it for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. But I want to remind you, next week we have a great guest coming up again, and it is somebody from a classic. Uh, christmas time movie a holiday season movie it's shown over and over and over actually it's a marathon that they show this thing so anyways uh they'll be coming up next week i hope you're going to join us for that until then when we once again take you on screen and beyond i'm brian Zimmrack. take care <laughs>